UCLA wins its first bowl game under Chip Kelly and probably found the answer to their starting quarterback for 2024. And don't forget UCLA basketball play today. Will they ever get a quad one win this year? All that and more on this jam-packed reaction episode of Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast Reaction Super Jam-Packed Edition. I'm your host, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this your first listening to every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, subscribe. And if you're an everydayer, you're probably just sitting there wondering, will anything crazy happen? Well, it probably did in this jam-packed Saturday of UCLA news. Let's get started with UCLA in the LA Bowl. The first win in a bowl game for the Bruins under Chip Kelly. They've been taken to a bowl the last three years, played in one the last two seasons, including this game against Boise State. They come out on top 35-22. to 22. The big question was, what was the motivation? What, who was going to play? Who was available? What would happen for UCLA without a star defensive player? Apparently, some questions at quarterback going into the game that wasn't fully made clear, at least in my mind. And yet, here we are to UCLA getting the dub. So, with Garbers apparently dealing with an injury that didn't lend him to start, UCLA found themselves down 16-7 to at halftime. And one of my keys to the game was, can this team stay motivated if they are losing in this game? They haven't been a team that's come back when trailing by multiple scores. That has just not happened in this season for Chip Kelly's 2023 UCLA Bruins. That is a fact. When they had lost games this season, and five of them, they had only led for 16 seconds, and that came against Cal when they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. Against Boise State, you could say, ah, what's going on? All of a sudden, an injury to Colin Schley, who is running the ball effectively, but the Bruins just don't have the same passing game when he's in the game. Ethan Garbers comes in, offensive MVP of the LA Bowl. 9 of 12, 152 yards, two touchdowns, and in a half of football, did so much to show, wow, UCLA might just have their own starting quarterback on their roster for next season. They don't even need to hit the portal unless they want to get more backup options. And then all of a sudden, here the Bruins are winning this game, winning a bowl. Garber's postgame says he's coming back next year. So that's a, official in the postgame pressure. And now UCLA says, hey, man, what could have been if Garber's was healthy or Chip Kelly didn't make that switch, which I was a full advocate for. I was like, you know what? Let's go Dante Moore. But Garber's picked up his play. And how many of those games – did UCLA cough up because he was hurt and not available? We'll probably chalk that Arizona game to a loss because he was the Bruins were losing with him out, even though they had a chance to get back in it. That was the game they were probably going to lose when he was hurt. Regardless of what Dante did, there's nothing he was going to do at that point. But in this game comes in after Schley got banged up, wins the just does a bunch of things that leads UCLA to victory. Not to forget Schley's running ability. 127 yards, seven carries. So dynamic when he touches the football that he has to be a part of the UCLA offense. It just seems like it's the case. As the starter, I think it's been proven it just doesn't work. The combo of Garbers and Slee when both healthy is a unique combo Chip Kelly could possibly exploit in the next season. TJ Harden with no Carson Steele in this game 
105 yards, two TDs, averaging five yards a pop. Even Garber's running for 40 yards, supposedly a little bit banged up, and then on three carries gets the job moving. And hey, what does UCLA's receivers look like? Hey, have we we found J. Michael Sturdivant and Kyle Ford. Where are they all season? I don't know, but they combined for nearly 200 yards, more like 175, 180 of the UCLA passing offense. Two touchdowns between the two. J. Michael Sturdivant, about 35 yards per catch on average with his four receptions and a buck 40, including a 40-yard catch. And then you've got Kyle Ford catching a touchdown, keeping those guys happy heading into the offseason. That's important. And you wonder maybe if there's more stability at quarterback, that will get everybody happy going the next season, especially some skill position guys who deserve to see the football a lot more. And maybe there are just plays drawn up and they weren't thrown too. In this game, the Bruins went after them and they made the big plays, throwing the football with a 21-point blitz in the third quarter after being down two scores, heading into halftime, going to the locker room. The Bruins got it done. Defensively, against a freshman quarterback making his first start, Boise State was going to lean on running the football, lean so much on running it. George Helani, SoCal kid, extra year using that this one. 138 yards, two tubs. He played well. Even Ashton Genty did a lot in this game, 85 yards. But Tiller managed this game, and the Bruins finally got that Alex Johnson pick at the end, getting him five for the season. Great to see that. And UCLA, despite a sluggish start defensively, I expected that with the defensive coordinator switch, with the lack of Leatu Latu. Not really sure what the game plan. The Bruins are missing tackles early. Got the job done. Only gave up six points late in the fourth quarter when the Bruins are up 35-16. to 16. So they turned it on. 28 straight points scored when Garbers came in the game, and the effect was felt immediately. So, all right, three straight years with the Bruins getting eight or more wins under their belt. First time, I believe, since the 80s, or close to it, right, when they've had three straight eight-win seasons doing some things. And now UCLA's doing things they haven't done in a lot. I'm not going to sway your opinion about Chip Kelly right now. We we just hope they maybe found an answer at quarterback in 2024, which they might have. And then they've got some pieces. They still got pieces offensively. And they're adding. We'll get to that later in this jam-packed show. All right? They've got more and they're still adding with some talent here for a year, maybe more. Now... The Bruins get this win. I predicted it. I did not think they would score this many points, although I didn't really think they would start Colin Schley with Garbers warming up a little bit. And the Bruins, in a game where you're facing a a team with a lot of momentum in Boise State, feeling themselves after the Mountain West Championship. They had a great season, but the Bruins got the job done in a bowl game right in their own backyard, not blowing it late, taking control, in winning it with Darius Muasau as the defensive MVP. Offensive MVP is Ethan Garbers and some good feelings on this Saturday evening down in SoCal. Now all the way across the country in Atlanta, a little bit different story with UCLA basketball and Ohio State playing a basketball game that set the sport back about a few decades with how that first half was played and that second half. We'll talk about that next with the squandered opportunity for a quad one win for the Bruins here on the Super Reaction Show of Locked On UCLA. Let's talk about FanDuel because in a bowl game where the Bruins won, it was unsure. Were the Bruins going to cover? Will they win this and cover? Well, they certainly did. In a game, I believe, it was about four, five and a half, depending on what points you got uh, uh, at the time of the game. Even a lot of money going probably for Boise State. And do you say rightfully so? I'm not sure because the Bruins got the job done. 
which is why as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot more on FanDuel because new customers get $150 in bonus bets when winning any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than right now on the W chain like for UCLA. So join it with FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, you might think my hottest take of the day would have been Ethan Garbers, starting quarterback 2024. We can debate about that anytime, but in reality, while we on this show get a lot of in-depth analysis and hot takes, the hottest take I got to deliver to you guys is the best lineup in LA right now is the lineup of auto loads at Logix. They start off the top with my favorites, the proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big time bucks. Next time and next up, they've got an exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible flexible payment terms. Rounding out the lineup, they've got auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans. Those guys can help you lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. I know it's a hot take, but seriously, no one can beat the lineup at Logix. Visit your local Logix bank right here in LA or surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you just apply online in minutes at LogixBanking.com. That's L-O-G-I-X Banking.com. Cruising on, second segment of the Super Reaction Show for Locked On UCLA. We flipped to basketball now. We'll get into more deeper grades and analysis of all the sports and all the games heading into the next week's episodes where we expect more portal craziness, more movement coaching-wise for this UCLA team football-wise. But for basketball, we take a look at what they did. A game that was so ugly, if you watched it as intensely as I did, you probably looked at basketball and said, man, that that sucked. That sucked. I have a lot of hope for this UCLA team, but they need desperately to get wins because they didn't get one in the CBS Sports Classic away from home neutral site game against an 8-2 and two Ohio State team. And the Bruins just, oh my goodness, that first half was so ugly of basketball. Even though UCLA was winning and it played to their style, ugly basketball is how it's going to be won for UCLA in this game. It was so weird and wonky that it was just tough to watch. Tough to watch. This team defensively, has spurts of greatness. And then in the second half, you had Ohio State shooting well over 50%, knocking their free throws down. And despite all that, UCLA kept Ohio State away from their game. They like to hit their threes. They hit it over a 40% clip on the season as a team. And UCLA watched the Buckeyes go one for 15 in this game from three. One for 15, have 10 turnovers in the first half alone, I believe. And this game was just ugly, mucked up, and the Bruins did their best to try and win this game and had a a good chance when they're up four, I believe it was, what, 41-37. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State quickly turns that around, three-point play, making shots, getting rebounds, putting it in the basket, not turning it over. And then all of a sudden, the shots began to fall just like their free throws did, and the Bruins couldn't do anything to stop Ohio State, mostly because they couldn't get anything on the offensive end. So all the stress, all the pressure defensively, stems, I think, from their lack of ability to put the ball in the basket. There is a part in this game. Yes, they lost by seven. This game was much closer than a seven-point game. I know Ohio State missed a lot of shots, but the Bruins, I think I got to give them credit. You have to give them credit because they played great defense, even though Ohio State made a lot of buckets late in that game. Three separate times, the Bruins drew up an underneath-the-basket inbounds play, and the guy was wide open in the paint. 
three times. I believe it was three separate players. One of them was Bona. I think another one was Mac. The other one, I forget who the other player was off the top of my head right now, but three separate times the guy was wide open. You know how many times they scored? How many points they got? Whether it was a free throw, a point, maybe they kicked it out for three. They scored it zero times. Three separate times they had a dude right there underneath the basket and missed it. How many layups did this UCLA team miss? Because Ohio State was missing layups too. It's just so frustrating because UCLA one for nine from three, missing seven of their free throws, a, a poor game from Sebastian Mack shooting free throws. You mix in a couple of made free throws, a couple of made layups from all the above, and UCLA could have easily won this game. Down the final three minutes, it's a three-point game. In the last few minutes, again, last minute, the Bruins are in it. It was Ohio State due on a awkward defensive play, t- time ticking down. The Bruins thought they had him stop, and then Jamison Battle throws in the only three that Ohio State makes. Does that sound familiar? Against Villanova the week prior on the road, Bruins down four, scrapping defensively, a prayer thrown up, and a dude makes a reverse layup acrobatically in the air at the shot clock buzzer to score. Everything is going the wrong way. The ball is not bouncing their way at the end of games. The Bruins have not closed out and made their life easier. Go to the Marquette game. The Bruins did not get that shot to go, even though they had a couple of chances to send it to overtime or win the game against Marquette, which would have been a big win. Any of these games the Bruins could have won, they could be sitting in the tournament. Now the further they go out, Joe Lenardi keeps pushing them further and further from 7 seed, 8 seed, 10 seed, first four out. Next four out is where I believe this Bruins team is, 5-4, and four, according to the schedule right now. Those are marquee opportunities away from home to get in, right? And unfortunately for the Bruins, on their Maui Jim Maui Invitational side of the bracket, they had Chaminade. So when they lost, they were only able to get a D2 win out of their home state, out, out of the contiguous United States, right? It was just frustrating to see this game. Many missed shots. The Bruins tried to feed Adaimata early. He just isn't getting that shot. I hope he can get that shot down when he scores. I think the Bruins will be a different beast offensively. When he gets the hook shot, when he can make that jumper or that little floater in the paint, once he gets comfortable, the Bruins will be a different beast offensively. That's just not where they're at. Bona, seemingly in foul trouble, picking up ridiculous fouls early. He is a difference maker when he's on the floor. Difference maker. And again, he picks up more fouls and ridiculous fouls. 70 feet away from ridiculous fouls in the backcourt or just gets himself in situations that takes him off the court. He's only played 25 minutes. And while it wasn't the most impressive effort, his 12 points and six rebounds going against seven footers in the paint were actually all right with Mara in there. I thought Mara played some decent minutes for 20 minutes, a couple of big time blocks at the rim. But once he gets the offense going, the Bruins will get the job done. Mac. Could not get the basket to the ball to fall in the basket tonight. Dylan Andrews in a matchup where he played one of the better guards he'll face all season long in Thornton, who scored 13 points on 4-15 shooting. I thought Dylan Andrews played much better in this game. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. Thornton, more turnovers, took a lot more shots, get the job done. Didn't hit a single three, and that's one of his favorite things to do is hit at least a couple per game. He averages 18. The Bruins kept Ohio State's best player well below his average, and yet here the Bruins, UCLA is. Mick Cronin's got to be just screaming in the locker room. Frustration. We saw a lot of Jan Vita today, seven minutes. I I liked his minutes. 
I wondered if he could have gotten more, but when he fouled a three-point shooter at the end of the first half, that was frustrating. Fible couldn't buy a second on the floor. Three minutes didn't seem until the last second to play defense. Will McClendon, my goodness, hit the only three, the first three in this game. It took him 30, 28 minutes to finally hit a three for both teams. It was ugly. Those combined two of 24 from three. It was not pretty to watch this game offensively. I like McClendon's minutes. He's making mid-range jumpers. It's going. He is earning more time. And if Matt continues to struggle shooting the basketball, you might see McClendon start alongside Dylan Andrews. That could very well be in the cards pretty soon. Well, we did see 17 minutes from Brandon Williams, and I know Mick Cronin loved it. Absolutely loved it. Four points, a couple of steals, two rebounds, and assist. No turnovers for a freshman who just, I believe, turned 18 not too long ago. One of those guys the Bruins stole out of New York and brought him right from the fingertips of St. John's. Love to see what he did. Love to see what he did in the court, getting some opportunity. I didn't think Vide did too bad. Overall, the Bruins just can't. I don't know what it is. They even out-rebounded the Buckeyes. I thought physicality, stopping the three, out-rebounding the opponent, you would think it's a win. But at this stage of the season, UCLA is just not coming away with wins. And all of a sudden, it's going to hurt them. Now, when you get to go play Arizona twice, when it'll be a seemingly elimination game against USC, all these Pac-12 teams are bubble teams, basically. The Colorados, the Utahs, they're not bubble teams now. But when you go down the conference season and teams sustain losses or get wins, these will basically be de facto elimination games when you play them two or three times from the regular season to the conference tournament in the final season this conference is together. A lot of the teams in the top 10 went down as Arizona went down to Purdue. And UCLA played the team that played Purdue in the Jim Alley Invitational final and almost took them down. They put, took Marquette to the final seconds. But in the end, you can't go by association and who played who. It's just a year where I think it's wide open again in the NCAA. It's kind of like that where you get your talented youngsters, you have older rosters. It is wide open. The Bruins just have to get in. They just have to get in, and they can find themselves in a spot where no team wants to play UCLA. Their defense, when it's on, whether it be for 20 minutes to 40 minutes, will keep them in every game. They have not been blown out. They have not been overly outplayed. You could say their offense is so just believe it's just not good right now. And I see some plays they call where the guys are wide open. They're just not making shots. That was the struggle coming in, right? This team probably was not going to be able to shoot the basketball well. And we've seen that rear its ugly head at this moment. Now, both teams are struggling. I'm not sure if it was the basketball, the lack of atmosphere, because it looked like there's two people in the stands, the weird court. Both teams are missing very easy shots. And guys are missing free throws that don't. Guys are missing open threes that don't on both sides. Maybe that's what happened. Teams are playing defense. UCLA should have been able to score more against Ohio State, and they didn't. Shocking. Terrible. I have, I still have hope for this team. I absolutely have hope for this team. They're still playing without Berke. I wonder how much he can provide. Mata is getting more opportunity. I did like his minutes. I just want him to become over it an important force offensively where he's supposed to be a lot more gifted than he is defensively at the moment. That just hasn't shown yet, but the Bruins fall to five and four. The Buckeyes go to nine and two in a 67, 60 win in Atlanta. 
Not many opportunities in the non-conference left to get a quality win. And the Bruins squandered their opportunities to get those wins away from home, which can turn into quad one opportunities. We'll talk about it more in later Locked On UCLA episodes. Now, we're going to talk about the transfer I didn't get to. I didn't get to talk about this in the most recent episode. It happened right after I dropped the episode. Who did UCLA football get? Yeah, we're going back to the gridiron on Locked On UCLA. More coming up next in just a moment. Well, just like UCLA football is looking for a couple of new assistants to take spots or analysts' jobs, they're also hitting hard in the portal. Maybe you're a small business and you're looking to fill that open position as you head into the holiday season or go into the new year. Well, if you want to get the most ready, top-tier candidates available, you got to use LinkedIn Jobs. They've got the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because it's not just another job board. A vast network of over a billion professionals making it the best place to hire. So many quality candidates that LinkedIn knows that all these small businesses, all you guys are wearing so many hats you might have the resource or time to hire, just like it is when you're looking at football or basketball after the season and the portal's going crazy. The process is intuitive, quick, and easy because there's a new feature with LinkedIn Jobs that helps you write job descriptions that makes the process easier and even quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, wrapping things up on this super jam-packed reaction episode of Locked On UCLA. Yeah, we've talked UCLA football. We've talked basketball. And we've got a commitment that happened a little bit before both these games happened. I just did not get to it in the last episode. What does that mean? UCLA got a commitment from Rico Flores Jr., former Notre Dame receiver, to add to the receiver room, which was already jam-packed with talent. And on a day that seems so fitting to talk about it, their top two receivers from the portal from 22 into 23 got a lot of action in the bowl game. Once Garbers came in, makes you think what could have happened in the regular season during certain opportunities if they could have focused on them more, forced the ball to limit a little more. Maybe it's the quarterback, the blocking. I don't know what it might be. It's a unique time to show to the transfers. We can feed these guys. Maybe Chip Kelly made an emphasis in the LA Bowl. We just brought a guy in, and if we want to get more skill position guys, I'm not sure how many more they need. In a room that's full of talent, although you want guys talented, ready to go from top to bottom, regardless of if they're third or fourth string or they're bona fide starters, you want them ready to go. Rico Flores comes in. He committed. He's a 27 reception guy. Had 27 catches, 392 yards, and a touchdown. He had eight catches and 102 yards against Wake Forest earlier this year. I believe he was a third leading receiver for Notre Dame, close to it catching passes from Sam Hartman, 6'1", nearly 200-pound receiver. He was a former four-star recruit and in the most recent cycle is coming in and was playing in the All-American Bowl. Chose Notre Dame out of the portal. That's coming out, had a high school, excuse me, and it's quite a couple years of eligibility. Could be a lot of talent for UCLA. I know they were looking at both Flores Jr. and Tobias Merriweather, and the Bruins come away with Rico Flores Jr., who decides to come to Westwood and join UCLA in their Big Ten journey, their march to the Big Ten. Because now UCLA, no longer a Pac-12 football school. They are Big Ten bound. Not officially until July, but this is a Big Ten football school now. We look and we count to their Big Ten opener. We get to see if they go to Penn State. They play LSU. They play at Hawaii. A ridiculous schedule next year. 
and they bring in a portal guy. This is the first skill position guy offensively the Bruins have brought in. They brought in uh, two defensive backs to try and shore up the defense in the secondary with Ratcliffe, who's got a couple more years of eligibility left before even hitting the draft. And then you've got one year, Brian Addison, who can maybe be a stopgap between next year's UCLA corners into their later years in the Big Ten. Now I can't wait to get much stronger up front for UCLA's offensive line. Maybe it's another linebacker or a D lineman. Can they find a Leatu Latu again? The answer is no. They're not going to find a Leatu Latu once again very, very, very quickly. That will not happen, and it's not going to happen anytime soon to find someone so special, so game-changing from another Power 5, Power 4 school like that where you just are blessed to have a couple of years like Latu did, even though he didn't play in the LA Bowl, opted out to go to the NFL draft, the Bruins are building toward the portal. So after losing eight to nine guys, right, before even getting a single commit, the Bruins are starting to bring the talent through the portal that Chip Kelly's been doing just about each and every offseason. Who's going to be the underrated guy the Bruins get? Who will be the one that makes the big difference? Well, the defense absolutely had to get Ratcliffe, had to get the former Oregon defensive back in Brian Addison, who already committed to UCLA out of high school before making a last second switch due to various, due to, I believe, a, uh, a testing reason from Ben Bolch, if I've got that correct. He, he committed and then all of a sudden ended up Eugene for all these years since. UCLA has the opportunity to get some more guys. I think a lot of that will come pretty soon during the early signing period that's coming up fairly, fairly quickly. Can they get guys over the next couple of days? There's already Bruins like a Jameer Benjamin and others who I believe are looking to sign this early and maybe come to school early. I can't confirm that they're coming to school early, but the early signing period does allow you to do that. You sign early, they can find themselves in Westwood in no time. So a win for football, they get another commit, a big weekend for UCLA getting their eighth win under Chip Kelly, doing something where it's been hard to come by for UCLA in recent decades, getting eight wins. I can't convince all the the fan base otherwise, but it is a good day to be a Bruin football-wise. They get the job done. They win the bowl game, the LA Bowl hosted by Gronk. Basketball is a work in progress, a grinded-out, slow season where UCLA's got to get victories. They've got to stack them up, or it could be a disappointing year for a team that's got a lot of growth and a lot, lot of potential, so much potential. It's frustrating to see how they have not closed out any of these close losses just yet. Until then, we'll wait and see when the Bruins get a win away from home against a D1 Power Conference opponent. Until then, the Bruins hit the portal. They get a commit. They get a foot win in football, basketball. We'll talk about all that and more next on Locked on UCLA in the future episodes leading up to the rest of the holiday season and into the new year, which is why you should subscribe. Thanks for your support. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. Final college football game of 2023. Man, that season was stressful, fun, up and down, and it went by very fast. It's basketball season officially starting now. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see LA. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.